Everybody mm-hmm. on? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to start yeah, saying. I'm going to ch- change our levels just a bit. What are you going to start saying? I'm going to just be the idiot that's like, takes the phrase and that's so well known and like hackneyed and cliche. Which and one is just that? Is everybody in? Is everybody in? Isn't that like some fucking doors thing or some nonsense? Oh, wow, wow, yeah. wow. I don't know. Remember, wow. I listened to Christian music growing That's up, right. so I missed the doors. Amy Grant and... Uh, Amy Grant never said it. I can tell you that. Yeah. What happened uh, to Amy Grant? Didn't she well, go she's mainstream? Yeah, she's doing great. Uh-huh. Certainly there was Baby Baby, which is right. an earworm. Yeah. One might say uh, insufferable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Others might say uh, a perfectly constructed pop music uh-huh. music song. And that's kind, they're kind With of one the and tropes. the same. But yeah, yeah, terrible. Those, those songs and are earworms. Exactly correct. Yeah. Good job, Amy Grant. We don't know that you wrote it, but if you did, let's look up writing credits I on bet she did. Baby Baby. I hope Gary Chapman owned it, and that's really a. That's a, a deep cut. I don't know. Who, I don't know who cut. Gary Chapman wow, that's is. That's her ex-husband. Oh, it's it's crazy to me how much you know about these terrible people. i'm sure they're great people i don't know i'm just like bland christian rock i got no use for you so amy grant wrote it with keith thomas and keith thomas is a record producer let's look look up keith thomas keith Uh what you doing with your life he's worked on 40 number one billboard works okay he's received multiple grammy awards so he's probably just sitting in a hot tub crying yeah, oh, he worked with uh, Michael Bolton, Luther oh, Vandross. Jesus Christ. Oh, I like Luther Vandross. Yeah, it's Vandross, isn't it? But when you read it, it looks like Vandross. Okay. I mean, it's six of one, half dozen of the other. Is it? I want to get it right. He's not with us anymore. I want to get right. right. I think him. it's os mm-hmm. You know, it just... Mm-hmm. I was on somebody else's podcast recently, and Ooh, they were like... Uh, it was fine. Good. I think I overshared. and Good, um great. They were like, off mic, they were like, what's your, how do you pronounce your name? And I said, Woolever. And then we started and she goes, I'm here with Lori Woolever. And I was like, I literally just told you how to pronounce my name. It's fine. Mm. I'm used to not being listened to. Ooh, this coffee is terrible. Good. You're welcome. It's free. Lori, (laughs) it's Carb Face. Yep. It's another episode of Carb Face. It's a food podcast. What's yep. it? What's it about? Let's name a few things. Um, it's about hypocrites. Uh huh. Uh huh. Me being probably the top of the list. Oh no. Um, I, yeah, kind of. I feel like I like to beat you out there, yeah. but that's fine. I mean, I'll let you be first. Yeah. Can I be a close second? Yep. Yep. Thanks. We are hypocrites, and we mm-hmm. also hypocritically will point out the hypocrisy of others. Thank you. You're also. Yep. It's about. Popping uh, bubbles. Yeah. Uh, what like are those? What are those? Packing pe- bubbles. Yeah. Packing. It's packing about bubbles, it's yeah. about receiving candy mm-hmm. at my home mm-hmm. many weeks ago and telling myself that I was going to save it all How'd for the do? podcast and then slowly chipping away <laughs> at it and and but there these two things that I that did remain that I didn't open I was like I am not going to open them and I did not. Good job. Congrats. Yeah. yeah. There was a lot of other stuff, but it was before Easter. Uh huh. And I thought I need to eat some of this. Candy. Now you infamously went no sugar before Easter. Yeah. How'd that go? Yeah, you know, like, mixed results. Did it for a while. <laughs> Couple of days. Yeah, in and out. You know, it's it's tough. It's I. It is my. I think it's the last uh, Rubicon for me. So I 
there's something very encouraging mm. to me about you failing <laughs> on sugar because it's not a failure. It was a, a mm. success for as long as it was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that was great. Yeah. Were you afraid that I was going to be even less fun or interesting off sugar? No, I think I think you're amazing every version of you. Okay. Right? Yeah. But I do feel like the only thing you and I have in common <laughs> Is sugar. Yeah. And if I were to take that away, then... If you took it away, why would we have a podcast? It's true. It's I mean, true. what is the point? I, well, you're right. I, we're I've, not friends. We actively oh. hate each other. <laughs> God. <laughs> and you said we were going to have nothing to talk about. Lori, can I tell you something? Yes, please. So I was in a, I was in a thing. Uh-huh. I was in a meeting. And uh, people were talking about long-term friends. Mm-hmm. And I realized I, I have one. Oh, wow. My wife. Okay. I was going to say, is it your wife? Pretty good. Yeah. Pre- pretty good. Real yeah, happy with that. good friend. Also, Chris Judson, okay. uh, who I used to teach with. Okay. Goshen, Indiana. He lives in Goshen. And, you know, he's back in my life in many ways on the socials. And I love him so much. And I realized he's a, he's a long-term friend. Okay. As well. Do we talk often? No. Mm. Do we like each other's stuff? Yes. That feels like friendship to me. That's pretty much the definition of friendship Thank in this you. day and age. Other than that, and then, you know, people will listen. Um, Amy Janke from Chicago. I used to work with Amy. You're a listener. Wonderful, wonderful Instagram. Brilliant creative strategist and, and designer. Yeah. Um, also a long-term friend. I think that's it. Yeah. I think okay. that's it. And I am now adding you into my long-term oh my friendships. Wow. How do you feel about that? I, it's a lot of pressure. I feel like I'm. you're setting me up to fail. No. Um, also, like... Um, no, it's good. Well, so you define long-term as like, I want to say it was three years ago that you said to me, let's do a podcast. Yeah. And I was like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. And then I came around, um, six, six months later or whatever. Uh, so that's long-term, I guess. Yeah. You know, people come and go from your life. You know, people's, the one's life, my life. I don't know. As a mom. As a mom, I'd like to tell you a few things about friendships. Number one, I've never had a close friend. (laughs) (laughs) No one knows me. No one knows Mm. the real me. I don't even know the real me. That's what being a mom is. Yeah. Number two, I worry about you. I worry about you and your friendships. I don't see you having any close friends, and I'm worried. Number three, as a mom, I've always viewed my children as my friend. Oh, God. <laughs> and it hurts me when you don't call me. And it's like, why did I even have you if I can't be a friend? I mean, why did I have children? I mean, I ask myself, I don't yeah. have any friends. I don't know myself. I will have children. That's what I thought. Yeah. And then for you to turn around and not contact me and not friend me on Facebook actively block you actually it hurts me very very much and i need to tell you that well here's what i have to say about that okay Lori. until you stop posting anti-obama memes <laughs> we are not friends we are not friends and that's just condition one i also don't want to know about your recipes i also okay. don't want to know about your uh, painting and wine drinking class. Oh, I also don't want to see scripture quotes, <laughs> Mom. 
And just know, actual mom, if you're listening, and I know you are, I'm not talking to you. Okay? Yeah, we're talking, talking about fictional as yeah. a mom. That was fictional as a mom. This yeah. isn't Lori's mom. Yeah. It is. Now, Lori's mom, hold on. Lori's oh. mom, you know you can DM me anytime. <laughs> anytime. I would like... I would like an active relationship with your mother. <laughs> oh my God. Listen, my mom went so hard after former guest uh, Adam Reiner for his stance on Fiddlehead Ferns. Oh. I was shocked. She came out she hard. She came for him on Twitter. I was oh. like, first of all, as I've asked before, why are you on Twitter? <laughs> What's going on there? Second of all, why are you what is the what what dog do you have in the fight with respect to fiddlehead yeah, ferns i what, mean <laughs> i'm not sure i ever saw a fiddlehead fern in my life growing up I, I don't think i ever saw one in my life until mm. um college and i learned about them as a uh, you know in a plant biology class oh that's right because you studied biology mm, vaguely uh so but my so adam went on twitter and said fiddle like something to the effect of like fiddlehead ferns are bullshit they're overrated <gasps> and they don't taste good um, what you know, which is a reaction to all the fancy like produce fetishizing that happens in the springtime yeah. in restaurants. Yeah, yeah. And my mom said, "Fiddlehead ferns are good if they're cooked correctly, and you would know that if you had cooked them correctly." Something really wow. aggressive. Just like you don't fucking know what you're doing, Adam. Yeah, and we haven't discussed it. I feel like we have a um, thing where we we have an online life that we don't discuss IRL. Yeah, Mom. that's smart. And let's keep it that way. That's yeah, fine. It's very you healthy. Know? Boundaries are good. Yeah. Compartmentalize so, this. Lori, you brought candy. I did. I brought a small <laughs> selection of the large selection that was sent to me by Christopher Curtin, who is the owner and chef of Eclat Chocolate. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. Eclat. It's got a, a cute accent over the E. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It's beautiful chocolate. And uh, he's someone that I have done a little bit of freelance writing for, for his packaging. Uh, He did the chocolate bar partnership with Anthony Bourdain and Eric Repair several years ago. I don't know about that. They had their own fancy, expensive chocolate bar. Um, And so he reached out. We email a little bit. He reached out and said, I've been listening to the podcast. Thank you. I hear. Thank Thank you, Christopher. Listener. Uh, I hear that you guys love candy. We do. I feel like it's time for me to send you some stuff. And he has he has very generously in the past. Every once in a while, we'll put together a little box of stuff and send it to me. And the shit is so good. And I don't know that I can get it retail in New York. I think I would have to order it if I wanted to get my Mm -hmm. hands on it. Um, Is it worth it? It's yeah. It's so, so good. Um, So he sent he sent I took pictures. He sent some Easter eggs, which I gave to my friends who were going to be with their kids on Easter. I was not with my kid on Easter. Uh, he sent uh, some little mendiants, these little discs of chocolate, which I was intending to save uh, some for you, but then the other night I ate them because mm. I just needed them. Mm. Uh, and then he sent a couple of bars of these. Of uh, One was porcini and thyme chocolate, and one was <gasps> cardamom and something. I <gasps> ate, I, sorry, <gasps> I ate those. What I saved, I feel that I saved the best for you. You're so mad. You're so mad. No, I'm grieving. Right? This is what loss looks like. I'll send you a link. And you I can, don't. <laughs> I will send you a link you, as well. <laughs> uh, so what I saved for you, I saved the best. They are, one is dark chocolate and one is milk chocolate. And wow. they are chocolate bars uh, embedded with Pennsylvania Dutch pretzels. Oh, so that's fantastic. Right? 
So I gave you the That's bad really news, exciting. and then I came around with the left hook of the good news. So I'm yeah. going to slide them over to you. Um, I, if you will, will allow me, I will also. Ooh, ooh, that did bubble not wrap slide. Was squeaky. That's the opposite of sliding. <laughs> Hot tip: If you want to not slide around in the winter time, put some bubble wrap on your mm-hmm. tires. Yeah, put them on your butt. Yeah. Scooch down the snow. This is really exciting. This is beautiful packaging. It is. Uh, Eclat. E with that, that accent, uh, C-L-A-T, chocolate. I really like it. And it's Philly Forward, which is quite nice. Yep. has P-H-L on there. And I love it so I feel much. like maybe their next collaboration can be with the Mutter Museum. And they can do like oh. a charismatic megacolon chocolate bar. Can you imagine? Yes. Oh, I can imagine. I can absolutely imagine. I would also like it to be filled with Dinty Moore. That hot... Mm. bubbling mm. dinty more gravy mm. and very finely shredded beef mm. maybe some puree of carrot yeah somehow it's made to well grant ackett's and we'll get on this he will science the fuck out of it yeah. get some bubbling hot stew inside a room temperature chocolate bar how do you do it and then turn it into a balloon yeah and then it's a cocktail and then you shove it right up your ass shove it up your ass Everyone. and everybody loves it yep. and because colon to colon Right. Colon to colon is the new business to business. It is. And if you think about colon to colon, I think that is, uh, you know, I think you could take it down to C to C. Yeah. Which is catchy and feels fun. Right. Right. And people say, oh, Grant, what's the C to C? And he comes out and he's got his scarf. Yeah. And he says, well, it's colon to colon. And uh, we took inspiration from, from Human Centipede. From the Human Centipede, and I have three people in the back, <laughs> fully connected. Whom I have sewn together. Sewn together with uh, candy floss, ass to mouth, and uh, everything's. Yeah, I mean, it's it's what's new in food. Now you're imitating Grant Atkins. I'm not. Oh. I'm not. I'm. I don't think oh. I'm imitating him. Oh, I was gonna say if that's what he sounds like. I have no idea. Okay, I don't think so. Um, I was gonna say because. If he moves in slow motion, does he also speak in slow motion? Yes, he does. And I think everybody, if you've listened to previous episodes, and I forgot that I said that, but it is a mm-hmm. fact. Mm-hmm. Grant Ackett's, did I say it right? Yes. Grant Ackett's moves in slow motion. Mm-hmm. And you know that from one of those Netflix series yes. that he's on. Well, everyone, featured on. everyone on Chef's Table moves in slow motion. Yes, they can only. Yes. This is what's so interesting. There are certain chefs. Mm-hmm. in the world mm-hmm. that move in slow motion and yep. only they can be featured yep. on a chef's table. That's yep. why we only see mostly men, not always, but mm-hmm. mostly men mm-hmm. on a chef's table is because most slow motion chefs happen to be male. Yes. Not all, right? but most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they have the time, you know. <laughs> they're the ones with the time. They're not there because they're shirking their household responsibilities. Not you. We'll cut out the chewing sounds. Not all men. Who me? I don't know. Right. I'm I'm guessing that you handle your share of the household responsibilities. I could do better. Well, I could do better, but yeah, all. I do a lot. Um, but I certainly could do more. Uh, and I would like to say, make a lot of chocolate, mm. the dark, with the Pennsylvania Dutch pretzel, amazing. Good. Now these are fine bits of. The pretzel. Oh, interesting. We're not doing like a full Snyder's yeah. of Hanover uh, chunk. Ugh. Which, no, don't. I hate it. 
I don't. I do. Okay. I'm not serving you any. And <laughs> and you might also notice you handed over only the Pennsylvania Dutch pretzel chocolate to me. Yeah. That's all I have to go on right now. I have nothing else from you. Nothing. You ate everything and you gave some away to children whom I don't know. It's true. It's a, it's a fair And point. I got to tell you, I probably don't like these kids. I think you would. Would I? Yeah. They're pretty good kids. Why? Um, they... What can I say about these children? The best thing I can say about these children is, well, first of all, they have great manners. They ask, when they come to my house, these two children, they ask me if I would like help cleaning up after dinner. Jesus Christ. When they are done eating dinner, they look at me, as does my own son, they look at me and say, may I please be excused? Fantastic. Yeah. They help each other. They serve each other from the serving dish. They help each other. They're magic children. And they were very excited to have their picture taken with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Okay. Who has an office in my neighborhood. Okay. Across the street from the best new bakery in the neighborhood. So good. Yeah. I think I know who these children are. Yeah. I bet you do. And I would like to say, I bet I would like them a lot. Yeah. They're good kids. All right. Yeah. All right. Okay. Z, Z, Z. Do we have any listeners left? Yeah. Uh, just those children, and they've not yeah. yet has to be excused. Mm-hmm. And no, you may not. Yeah. Not until you the wash ad- all the dishes. Yes. And the adults are still talking, so shut Because we're talking. Lori. Chris. I made a list on the way here. Oh, go. It has one item. Ooh. Do you know what that item is? No. Anderson Cooper cover band. I don't know anything about it. Me neither. It just occurred to me. What? Tell me more. I was in the car. My friend was had the radio on, and it was Anderson Pack, who is not Anderson Cooper. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, "Who's this?" And he said, "Anderson Pack." And I said, "Anderson Cooper cover band." And he said, "No." And I said, "I'm going to write that down anyway, and that is what I'm going to bring to Carface." Great. Yeah, that's I love it. it. That's all she wrote. Have you met him, Anderson Cooper? Yeah. I have. Why? Uh, because every year, every new season of Parts Unknown, mm-hmm. uh, because he shared a network, CNN, with Anthony Bourdain, yep. rest in peace, uh, they would do a segment, it was a fun segment, where they would sit down, they would eat in some location, and they would talk about the coming season, and they would talk, they would talk for a few minutes about oh, every, yeah, every yeah, yeah. new um, geography. So... The first time that I met Anderson, they decided that we were going to shoot it in his home. Oh, wow, wow, wow. And I got to be the person who did all the food prep and styling and uh, getting it ready so that they could just walk in and, I'm going to say cook in air quotes. There was was not, I mean, I prepared them. They were, they could have truly cooked a meal from beginning to end, but... For the entertainment value of television, there was not that much I don't actual to, I cooking I don't want to happening. see him cook. Yeah. I want to see him assemble. Yeah. Maybe was, a little plating. There was some assembling. There was also some dissembling. Mm. Yeah. So uh, so I worked for several hours in his home with a lovely crew, and he was there uh, for a part of it, and he was fantastic. Just a wonderful human being. All right. Describe his kitchen. Uh, it had never been used. <laughs> <laughs> It was, I don't want to say it was straight out of the package because he, his his homes it was is a is a 
not a you know it's a very unusual and beautiful space and and Mm -hmm. not it wasn't like he built a brand new um building to live in but beautiful you know wonderful appliances sturdy countertops lots of storage great big refrigerator you know just a dream to work in and impeccably clean which it was not when i i mean i cleaned up as you do when you work in a kitchen but like I'm sure the next day his housekeeper was like, what? Yeah. yeah. Somebody actually brought food into this kitchen into and space. cooked it. What are you this doing? is a problem. <laughs> um, you know, beautiful pots and pans, just a dream. And yeah. so much room that like they had probably three cameras, a director, a producer, a sound guy, and a couple other people just hanging out. And, no one and was nobody cramped. was nobody was bumping into anyone else. Did you look in any drawers? To snoop, like to pretend you needed a knife, but really you wanted to see if there was something in there? Not to my recollection. I remember being very nervous and very focused because this was not something that I did frequently. And uh, so I was really just trying to like keep my head down and do my work. And I brought all my own equipment because I just didn't know what was going to be there. So there was a room off the kitchen, like a pantry, sort of a walk-in pantry Mm -hmm. that had many sets of what I'm guessing are uh, historic heirloom uh, sets of China. Yes. Like lots yeah, of beautiful, yeah, yeah. beautiful things. So, um, Did yeah, you use those? Great. No. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I right. mean, we're talking, you know, Vanderbilt family heirlooms. I know. I'm not touching that shit. All right. So. Yeah, I would break it. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. All right. I also have an Anderson Cooper story. Oh. Yeah. Tell me. So for those of you who who don't know New York City too well or you haven't been here very long, not that I've been here that long, but when the Time Warner Center was built where CNN is located, Mm -hmm. then the Whole Foods went in. And I Mm -hmm. think it was the first Whole Foods in the city at the time. And and everybody called it the indoor shopping mall, like the first indoor shopping mall in New York City. And I said, well, let me take you down toward Penn Station Ugh, because we've Manhattan got the Manhattan Mall. Mall right there. So go fuck off. Well, it's it's just, just the first one that you all have paid attention yeah. to. And also Manhattan Mall is just like, I think, a half dozen Claire's Accessories stores pretty well, much. I don't think there's a Claire's anymore. I do think that there's a Lids. You're going to okay. get an Aeropostel. You're going to get... A JCPenney. Uh, a JC fucking penny. There is a JC Penny. It's like the last living JC Penny. It's, it's really fun. Uh, I... <laughs> Like to go through there. Define fun. Uh, it's fun to go through a shopping center to get to the subway. Yeah, yeah. That's from, fun. From the train. Yeah, yeah, because I have to walk out. Penn yeah. St- this is interesting. I walk out <laughs> Penn Station <laughs> from New Jersey. I say, is the weather nice? Okay, if it is, then I keep on going, and then I will walk through a JCPenney. Wow. Yeah. What are they peddling in J.C. Penney these days? A lot of plaid. Tough skins for Du Bois. That was Sears. Okay. That was Sears, oh, but that's right. okay. I think. Uh, oh, can I pull it? Can I pull it? So a lot of Stafford suits. Okay, sure. for sure, and yeah. Stafford underwear. Is there a Gina Tay counter? I don't know that. Gina Tay body splash. I don't know oh, it. It's, it's bad. It's bad. But they own part of Sephora, so there is a Sephora what? in this, like a mini Sephora. Okay. In the JC, it's just like one compact. Yes, <laughs> and everybody uses it. Uh, so, so there's that, and then uh, I don't know what we were talking about. Oh, we were talking about malls, yeah. and then we were talking about CNN. Oh, so finally, the CNN Center opens, the Time Warner Center. Hooray, hooray! Uh, the the Whole Foods, and you have to go down into the basement. And there are escalators mm-hmm. down into the basement of the Time mm-hmm. Warner Center, and 
We lived over on that side uh, of the city, and I went down into the basement on the escalator, and coming up, Anderson Cooper. <gasps> Almost wow. like like a god ascending, right? Yeah, like yeah. blue eyes just piercing through the darkness Yeah. to say there is light and hope. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me, and we did a head nod. Fantastic. And on his way. So that's, I, I feel like I know him. Yeah, I think you do. Mm-hmm. I think you know him as well as anyone. Do you think he's ever been to a JCPenney? No. Yeah, I don't think so. Unless there was like a politically motivated shooting there, I'm going to say no. <laughs> <laughs> I put this up on Twitter. I got no response. I think mm. it was a, I think it was a pretty heavy news week this week and people were not paying attention and that's fine. Um, this commercial came to my attention. It's a real commercial. It's on YouTube. It was made in 2011. Okay. It's a nearly three minute filmed TV commercial for a very nondescript restaurant in Manhattan's West Village called The Place. Did you watch it? I've seen parts of it. It is stunning. It is the worst. (laughs) (laughs) You keep waiting for somebody to be stabbed to death or for Andy Samberg to come riding through the scene on a motorcycle on fire or something. It is so, it is so poorly written, so poorly acted, so without life and art, and yet you know somebody spent a lot of fucking money on this thing. Uh, I want to somehow be able to share this with our listeners. All right. I, so there'll be a link. Okay. Check check the notes on the podcast app that you're listening to right now. There's a link there, and click it, and then go watch yeah. it. I mean, you can't believe that this is targeted at anyone who lives in or even would think about visiting New York City. Do you think it was purposefully bad? Some people have made that argument. Hmm. I don't, I mean, and if that is, if that was the intention, it also failed because it wasn't even, I mean, there's a comedy. The, the comedy is there is everyone's reaction to it. And the reason that it came to my attention is somebody had tweeted it, um, saying like, this is my Met Gala. This is my Met, this is my <laughs> my entry for camp Met Gala. All this is, we're dating our- We're dating, but it's fine. Yeah. Uh, can I build off the Met Gala though? Please. And again, this is, you know, a week or two later. Uh, didn't enjoy the Met Gala. Did you go? Did you buy a table like you always do? Well, I didn't buy a table, but I was invited. (laughs) And I wasn't invited to the dinner. I'm not even sad about that. Mm. But I do go every year. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people did like my outfit Mm -hmm. um, because I dressed like John Waters because I felt like that is honoring Mm -hmm. camp as Mm -hmm. opposed to being camp. And in itself, by placing an extreme importance on Mm -hmm. something that, I mean, if we're honest, pretty important so yeah. I don't yeah. think it really quite goes to camp but mm-hmm. I think that it is meta camp and so it works um that those are my thoughts on on the Met Gala but that night uh, I did see a man uh urinating and he was eating potato chips <laughs> while, while pissing and I think that is camp yes and I think it's um offensive <laughs> Yeah, as all camp should be. But also inspiring. Mm-hmm. It did have, he was a loud cruncher. Oh, and you know. It's a lot. It's really, but from a camp perspective, he was achieving things that no one, yeah, no one achieved 
on the red carpet right. at the Met. No one. So that's that's my fashion. Okay. All right. Is um loud cruncher eating potato chips while pissing. Yep. Was this a sporting event? No, no. No, it was a, it was a transit area. Okay. All right. Was it Secaucus uh, transfer station? No, and I should I should actually just go back and say where it was. So it was it was it was at uh, it was actually East Hanover. You you asked you wanted it to yeah, be Summit, I but did. I and I did. It's, it wasn't. It's, it's East Hanover, which is almost the same thing. Yeah, yeah. And it was at the movie theater. Okay. And I saw Avengers Endgame. Oh, I've got nothing to say about that. No, you don't have to. Okay. I right. just on one of my bathroom breaks. Yeah. It's a long movie, right? It's a long movie. Aren't they all now? I don't know. Yeah. I just felt obligated to go. It was fine. And, uh, but I think the, the bathroom cruncher was achieving a level of something. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. He was, I think it's, there's nothing more camp than, than uh, acting out the premise like in mm-hmm. another state. In a in a very commercial, uh, yes. you know, wide appeal variety setting versus uh, Look at you. the the yeah. Met Museum. Yeah, uh, I also I, I participated by monitoring my cat's ongoing diarrhea situation. Oh, great! Yeah, so good, I feel good, like good. I, as an homage to um, whichever John Waters uh, iconic mm-hmm. actor it was mm-hmm. who ate the dog mm-hmm. shit, I was scooping out. Uh, and looking closely at the uh, my cat's output, of course. After having taken him to the vet, and basically, without saying it, I was trying to do like a, a series of winks and you know facial Morse code to the vet for her to say it's okay to let him go. Yeah, I thought I wanted her to be like, you know, I had been like, look how skinny he is. He's he only has diarrhea. He's and she's like, is he eating and drinking? Does he jump up on the windowsill? Is he still, you know, does he sit on your lap? Does he purr? He's fine. And I was like, oh. oh God damn it. Does that mean I have to take him home? I am, I want to say, I feel like every time I, I talk shit about my cat, I have to then make a disclaimer. Uh, I do love my cat. You love your cat. I will be sad when he's gone. Of course. And yet every time he has diarrhea, I'm like, is this, is this my life for the next like yeah. two or three years? Is just him like happily and healthily having fucking diarrhea and me just like hoping that like it stays in the box what's in the box (laughs) oh my god Lori I want only good things for you Mm. I want only good things for your cat (laughs) and I only want good things for my rental apartment that has white walls for the man pissing (laughs) And eating potato chips. I only want good things for the three of you. What do you think? All right, I've got so many questions about about the man pissing and eating potato chips because do you not need at least one hand if you're standing up at a urinal? Don't you need one hand to do some of the things that you're... No. You can just free ball it? it, Once it's out. I wouldn't call it free ball it. Okay. I might call it free... Dick it? Okay. <laughs> Ostensibly, he had to at least reach in and yeah, lift it out certainly. of the top of his certainly. sweatpants. Yes. Which I assume is what he was I, wearing to the that movies. That feels accurate. So did he tuck his potato chip bag under his arm while he did that action? Or he had kept the potato chips in one hand and then did a reach and scoop with the junk? I think you can... Well, you wouldn't have to do a reach and scoop. You could do a... 
chug down? Pull down. Oh, God. And then under. And then. And that's brave. Do you not pee on yourself? No. Do I sound like somebody who has never seen a penis in their life? You do a little bit. I, so let's get into it. No, you don't. You don't have to. You could. Here's something that can happen, and we're gonna gonna get a little detailed here. Let's say it's a sweaty day. Okay. Okay. Yep. And you are wearing tight underwear. Okay. Things can stick, and then and then the stream can go awry. So that is something where you need to be careful. Now, this was May. And as I recall, it was kind of a cool, breezy day. It was a cool, breezy day. There's no reason to believe he was sticking, right? Now, he could have been sticky, but I don't think he was sticking because of humidity, right? Second thing, depending (laughs) on length, right? Right. Right. Grower, shower, grower, shower, and also length. There may be in velocity, yeah. right? And age, yeah. right? So right. as you get older, less, I, I'm going to say velocity, but that may um, not be the right, but it feels right to me, yeah. right? Less, less amount of urine mm-hmm. with less force. Okay. Smaller stream, slower. Yeah. Right? And that's all of your risk factors for peeing down the front of your sweatpants. Grower, shower. Yep or overall length. Mm -hmm. Like, let's say you've got a chode. (laughs) I don't know what that is. Is that a big dick? Is that what we're saying? No, 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 no. I believe a chode is where it's bigger around than it is long. Oh, cocaine dick. Fine. That's what I learned on the job. And that's fine. And you have knowledge. Yeah. That I only, I've read in textbooks. Yeah. But maybe you have firsthand knowledge. And that's fine. And you keep that to you. I think with a chode, what you might be dealing with is not enough clearance. Right. Right? And so there you're going you're going to want to hold up and out. Okay. Right? Okay. Yeah. And that's that's just smart chode handling. <laughs> and I think a lot of people do some chode shaming. And here's what I'd like to say. You are born with what you are born with. Yes. You choose your choice. Yep. And you can't do anything about it. If you've got a micro penis, that's what you've got. Yeah. God bless. There Work are all these it. jokes now about size of dicks. And I get that it's, you know, about demasculating and fighting the patriarchy. And I mm-hmm. support that. But then I think there's also a lot of self shame when it comes sure. to penises and balls or lack thereof or other things. And I just got to say if you have a chode, I see you. I hear you. <laughs> You're dripping on my pants. And stop pissing on my leg. No, it's just you got what you got. So what right. can you do? Is do, is a chode not something people want? I don't think so. It's Maybe wider than it is long? Yeah, I don't think you're going to get a lot. Let's say you want to go in something. <laughs> sure. Sure. And I don't and I'm A band-aid box. I'm going to reveal something to you right now. And I'm sorry. Okay. I don't have a chode. Great. Okay. But if you're a chode haver, I think you, if you want to go in something. Mm-hmm. A you, Volkswagen. A, a preschool. Vo- yeah. Not a preschool. <laughs> not a preschool. <laughs> not a preschool. A Volkswagen. A Volkswagen. A potted plant. Uh, I feel like we're playing match game. Mm-hmm. Uh, a. A salt uh, shaker. Mm-hmm. Don't. Mm, I bet that a would A casino. Hurt. Uh <laughs> 
Things that are shiny. <laughs> no, no. Uh, a vagina. A butt. Things that a chode wants to go in. Yes. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Wow. And you can't use your hands. Yeah. That's the big thing on, oh, on Magic Game okay. or, or Pyramid. Right? Yeah. You got to be careful. Or chode having. So I think you can do other things. Mm-hmm. Right? But when it comes to pissing, I think, and I don't chode, chode havers right in. Yeah. Uh, tag us on social. Mm-hmm. Uh mm-hmm. Hashtag, I got a chode. Proud chode. Proud chode. Chode Proud chode. Okay. Proud chode or chode pride. Whatever you feel, Uh we'll we'll be looking for both of those hashtags. Let us know how you piss. Do you have a hand on it? Is it an up and out like I imagine? Or or is it just a straight fire hose that like shoots? You know that fountain in Chicago? (laughs) The tall fountain out at at Millennium Park? Was it in Ferris Bueller's Day Off? No, if no, not, no, I don't no, know it. No, no, no. And so they're like faces that are projected, and then they yeah. they have a hole where the mouth is, and it spits out water. It's it's upsetting, but yeah. it's also interesting. Okay. <clears throat> like a chode, mm. it's like a chode, mm-hmm. right? I, and I just shamed a chode, and I apologize. It's fine. I apologize. I it's not upsetting. It's interesting. Yeah. And it makes you pay attention. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like that. I just wonder if like you just spit it out straight, right? Like if the if the pee just comes flying out and therefore you can't eat potato chips. Can you eat pretzels? I think <laughs> you can. Uh, I think you can. Let's spend 10 minutes on each of a baker's dozen mm-hmm. uh variations on penis shape and size. Great, let's go. Yeah. All right. Um <laughs> long and let's say hefty. Okay. Right, long and hefty. What's the what's the what's the nickname for that? Uh, big dick. Okay. Yeah. So let's say you got a big dick. Okay. I think, and full shower. Yeah. Full shower. Okay. I think here's here's where I would be worried. Let me kill you. Yeah. Here's, here's where I would be worried. Elastic can cut off the stream. Oh yeah yeah. So it could also make it go in a different direction. Mm-hmm. So interestingly enough, unless you take your underwear all the way down and your pants all the way down, which yeah. you sometimes will see in a men's restroom, and oh I gotta tell God. you, that's upsetting. Yeah. I don't wanna see your butt. No, never. I don't wanna see your butt. No. It's not It's not for me to see. Why? I didn't. I didn't sign up for it. Right. Why in general, mm-hmm. Is it okay for men to have this group urination scenario in a no in a restroom it's in a public okay. restroom? It's not okay. Like that that does not exist for women. Yeah, there's no like circle well, of toilets. I mean, that's you know, I I I would prefer some dividers. Yeah. Okay. I don't. And I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to talk right. to you. Right. I was. Just, those are my rules. Yeah. Don't want to talk to you. Also, if I know you. Don't fart beside me. Oh, okay. Well, I'm, I'm write that down. Yeah, yeah. Re- just re- inter- yeah. I need people to internalize that. Yeah. If I know you, mm-hmm. don't fart beside me. If I don't know you, I'd prefer you not fart beside yeah. me. The the excellent and that's me. the the singer Nico Case, whom mm-hmm. I whose work I've loved for so long, and who I really also enjoy a lot on Twitter. She is very funny and very uh, outspoken about things that are important to her that are often things that I'm also feel strongly about. Uh, she the other day on Twitter said something to the effect of, "If you have if you're wearing a MAGA hat on a plane, or yeah. you've got a MAGA sticker on your laptop." 
you can be damn sure that I am going to fart next to you, sitting in the the tiny uh, cheap seats on the airplane. Yes. Yeah, she's absolutely right. She's right. Yeah. She's right. So let's say you're you've got a dick and it's <laughs> um it's it's a grower. Okay. Yeah. So it's it presents small and then at some point it, it presents smaller than it is. Right. 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 Shake it out. Okay. Okay. Right. So you get clearance. Okay. Right. Let's say you've got <laughs> what other kind? Let's say you've got micro penis. Say you got a micro penis. I don't know. Let's say you yeah. uh, listeners, if you have a micro penis, what do you do? I think. Yeah. I think. You just pull. I, th- I think. I think you're gonna do a two hand. I think maybe you just. I think you do a two hand. Yeah. Well, listeners, don't DM us. Only add us on Twitter mm-hmm. with your full Christian name and your yeah. home address, and tell us what you do with your micro penis. Yeah. Because I don't know, but I think let's create space. Yep. For all the penises. Let's create space for all the penises and. Let's create space for men. There's not enough space for men in the world. There's not. Where can men be? Where can men be? I mean, There's just nowhere for them to it's a be. Hard, like, as Amy Schumer said, it's a really hard time for men right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lori, I want the best for you. I want the best for your diarrhea cap. And I want the best for the crunchy pisser. Wow. Yes. I think, you know what? You you want the best for the world. I think nope, that's really... No, I want the best for you. <laughs> for your diarrhea cat. And for the crunchy pisser. Okay. Well... When we start our new podcast together, me and those yeah. two entities, okay. we will, <laughs> you we will give you thoughts and prayers. <laughs> All right, that's enough. Okay, bye. I just told a story when you guys were downstairs. What'd you say? I told a story about the dream I had that took me to a bar and showed me oh no (laughs) sorry you're gonna love it it was just a dream but i thought okay well yeah (laughs) i thought we can't use this but maybe if we put like a fart sound over every time i say his name yeah i'm happy to get a fart sound people can just guess who guess yeah for sure anyway i'm worried that the jingle of my earrings is gonna like be maddening Mm. when you put the headphones on i don't know well well, i'll put them back on they weren't and then you can jingle (laughs) Bad, maddening. Not maddening. It's kind of nice. <laughs> All right. It's like, like pleasant a, wind chimes. I was going to say on. like a it's wind chime nice. in the background. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Hi, Lori. Hi, Chris. We have a guest. We do. Uh, in typical fashion, do you want to do it or do you want me to do it? I want you to do it. Oh wow! Thank yeah, you. Hello, yeah. guest. Hello. <laughs> uh, could you tell us your name? My name's Priya Krishna. And we would know you from. Um, I write about food yeah. these days, mostly for the New York Times and for Bon Appetit. And I, there was a cookbook that I was cooking from last night yeah. that I really loved. <laughs> uh, so would you tell us about that as well? Yeah. I am the author of a cookbook called Indianish uh, Recipes and Antics from a Modern American Family about the food that I ate growing up in Dallas, Texas. So Lori and I both, both got it yesterday. Yeah. Yes. And Lori, you read every page. Read every page, cooked every recipe. No, I, I, <laughs> I, 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 I intend to. Uh, I have not yet because uh, I had 
uh, grape Mentos for dinner last night. So mm. <laughs> and nice. nothing, nothing can challenge that. Right. Yes. Nothing can yes. challenge the grape Mentos. Well, I I read the cookbook, a lot of it, and I have thoughts. Okay. And then I cooked one recipe out of it. Okay. Even after after dinner, so I had a second dinner. Right. You had that really delicious looking like square pizza yeah, for dinner, which was pretty mm. great. It looked. I mean, I was like, "How is my recipe going to follow up this like, delicious so square good. pizza?" <laughs> it was so good. And uh, I sometimes get uncomfortable and self conscious about pronunciation. So please correct me. Sure. That goes to everyone. Yes. So is it sag paneer? Yeah, yeah. Te- I don't I don't pronounce okay. it right either. Oh, it's technically Great. like so there's like a letter in the Hindi alphabet that's like r- that's like a, oh. like a rolly r. Ooh, that's nice. Mm. So it's technically like a it's sag paneer. Oh, that's, that's very kind nice. of what it is, but like I don't ever pronounce it that way and of course whenever I say I'm like, "Mom, can you make sag paneer?" she's like, "Paneer." Mm. <laughs> that's beautiful. Like in the Hindi alphabet there's r r and then like r. <laughs> Interesting. It's very confusing. Wow. wow. Well, your food was phenomenal. I'm so happy to Phenomenal. And it was the second sag paneer that I had had that day. What? Yes. What was the first one? So the first one was a sag paneer um, that I then served over, uh, and I sometimes do terrible things, uh, I served over crispy tater tot crowns. Honestly, do not be ashamed of that. That sounds delicious. It was fantastic. It It was fantastic. But yours was so bright and full of incredible complexity for the very little amount of work that I had to do. And your mom's technique is to add, instead of paneer, is to add something else. Is to add feta. Um, When my mom immigrated here, she could not for the life of her find paneer in grocery stores. And so she experimented with all these other options, mozzarella, tofu, and then we took a family trip to Greece and she loved those salads with the big hunks of feta yeah. and spanakopita, which was spinach and feta. And she was like, oh, why don't I make the sag but with feta? Mm. And she came home and made it and like all of our minds were blown. Yeah. And I remember testing that recipe and being like, okay, I like sag paneer, but I love this. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was superb. Um, much, much better than the one I had had earlier in the day. And it was it's so silky, so much complexity, mm-hmm. and that the saltiness of the feta was just superb. And over tater tots, it would probably taste really good. So here's the thing. I, I ate a bunch of it after mm. my pizza, <laughs> and then I saved most of it, and I am absolutely putting it over tater tots tomorrow. The great thing about that dish and a lot of Indian dishes is that they taste really good, like sometimes even better on day two because the spices have had a chance to sort of like mix and mingle. And Mm -hmm. so like when I make dal chawal or kitchari or anything like that, like I always, I'll eat a little bit on day one, but most on day two Mm. because that's when it's really good. One thing that I loved about your book was the way you view your parents, in particular your mom, uh, which is... I had to start thinking about how I view my parents and my parents' food. Mm-hmm. So if you will, indulge me for a second. Of course. I grew up in Indiana. Uh, I grew I I grew up in Indiana in a cornfield. We ate a lot of farm food, uh-huh. which is very German, um, salt and pepper mm-hmm. and maybe dried basil on mm-hmm. a good day. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Um, th- those were the spices, were, were salt yeah. and pepper. And I... When I think about my parents' food now, I end up defending it mm-hmm. 
as opposed to embracing and celebrating it. And as I was compare contrasting myself with your the way your love of both your parents and the food that they made was mm-hmm. coming through, it just struck me that I wasn't trying to defend you weren't trying to defend any the food. You weren't trying to defend your parents. It was a, it felt like a pure celebration. And it wasn't always that way. Yeah. I was very much I was so defensive my whole life. Like I grew up in Dallas, um, went to a school that was pretty much all white people. And I like have these very distinct memories of people making fun of my food or like the food of the other two Indian kids in my grade. Um, And I just felt so ashamed that we weren't making like spaghetti or grilled chicken at home. And I just like craved what I viewed as a sense of normalcy. And it really wasn't until I became a food writer that I was like, oh, like this food that my parents made is really good. And it's also what makes me different and there aren't a lot of food writers who ate what I ate growing yeah. up. Mm. Yeah. I, I it's so easy to fall in love with your mom in this book <laughs> in the best way. I mean she seems charming and brilliant. Yeah, she's she's crazy smart. I just I don't know how she does it. <laughs> uh, you'll have to read the book to see all the thing that she's all the things that she's done in her professional life but also in her personal life but a couple of things that stood out to me uh help i think i'll get this right led the team that developed the first like uh, electronic kiosk to check in for an airline flight yes yeah like that's <laughs> wow. a big deal to not i mean obviously she didn't do it by herself she did it with a team so to yeah. lead a team of people to do that is it, that's climbing a mountain yeah no and back then i remember people were so resistant to the idea of self-service check-in like they just wanted a human to check them at the airport so we'd go to the airport my mom would spread us all out and we'd all have to pretend to use the kiosks and to show people like look look these machines work because no one wanted to use them when they first were launched wow now i now i sometimes don't want to talk to anyone yeah yeah exactly now like no one wants to go up to the lady behind the counter (laughs) and she's doing a lot in in terms of culture and celebrating that within the community as well um so i don't want to make this about your mom but what made you decide to work on this cookbook with your mom so i I, it actually wasn't my idea um I was I used to work for a food magazine called Lucky Peach and um, we had a book come out called Power Vegetables and I submitted a bunch of my mom's recipes to potentially be included in them because the first edition of the book that I saw had no Indian vegetable recipes and I was like how Mm, is it possible that we're doing a vegetable cookbook and there's no representation from India Um, so I just like asked my mom to write up recipes sent five of them in uh like the recipe developer for the book came up to me a few days later and was like i was in love with every single one of these dishes we're going to use all of them and so all of my mom's food got it into the book and there's actually like a special acknowledgement for my mom as like who because she contributed the most recipes to that book out of anyone and then the editor of that cookbook um approached me and was like you know i had talked to her about my mom and how how sort of cool and contemporary and you know awesome she was and she was like i want a book like full of your mom's recipes like your mom like represents sort of this modern story of a mother of a wife of an immigrant like it's it feels very timely um i'm interested in looking at your relationship and that first gen second gen tension um but most of all she was like i i don't think there's an indian cookbook out there 
that is meant to be sort of an accessible entry point and is also sort of that young people can kind of look at and be like, that book is for me. Yeah. Mm. But I have questions about um, your career path. Because, yeah. I mean, so you are a contributor at the New York Times and Bon Appetit. And those are pretty much like the top two. Like any food <laughs> writer that you talk to, those are those are the, the ultimate goal. Some of the ultimate goals, I think, for a food writer. So... Can you talk to us about how you, you know, what what your path was and how you and, and also how you balance those two things? Because I wonder, does one publication, are they both OK with you contributing <laughs> to the other? Um, yeah. So my very first job was um, so I sent a cold email to this email address called this lucky peach at gmail dot com that like was soon defunct. I addressed it to David Chang. I said, dear Mr. Chang, yeah. as one does, yeah. <laughs> as if Dave is checking the Lucky Peach info ad mm. account every <laughs> single day. Um, and just like emailed emailed Dave being like, hey, like I, I love this magazine. I've been reading it for years. Um, like, are there any positions open? Um, and at that time they had just like left McSweeney's and become their own thing. Mm-hmm. And they were looking for just someone to help so they hired me. I sort of kind of moved up slowly. I went from being doing customer service to marketing and press, and I did all of our events and sort of eventually just realized that as much as I loved Lucky Peach, I think what I liked more was like reading the stories in Lucky Beach, and I wanted to tell those kinds of stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and so kind of um, without thinking too much about it, I just quit my job with no prospects um i was still i was like 23 at the time or 24 so i was still on my parents health insurance Mm -hmm. thankfully um i figured i would get a full-time job but then i just started freelancing for places and realized that i i really loved it um and i developed really good relationships with my editors at the times and bon appetit i to write for the new york times honestly requires like if you don't know anyone, it requires downright stalking. Like, I'm not yeah. even kidding. Mm-hmm. Um, I first met one of my editors, Emily Weinstein, at a Lucky Peach event, yeah. and I like sat myself down at her table and talked to her for an hour. Then I went to an event about women and food, and I also sat down next <laughs> to her and talked to her for an hour. And then I just like kept sort of strategically like <laughs> like showing up yeah. at like to her and just sort of trying to like sort of imprint myself onto her memory. Mm. And I sent her maybe 10 pitches that got rejected. And I think finally I just wore her down and she was like, fine, you can write this one story. And I was like, all I need is one. Like if I can do this story, then I can do more stories. What was it? It was a story about this sweet shop in Houston that I grew up going to. Um, they sold Matai, and it was about how busy it gets during Raksha Bandhan, which is this really beautiful Indian holiday about celebrating relationships between siblings. Mm. You feed each other uh, sweets, and then the boys give the girls money. I love that. Yeah, wow. and and <laughs> what and Matai is is what uh, Matai are like Indian sweets, usually mm. based on like milk and nuts mm. they're mm. really really delicious wow. um yeah i my my always my thought with like most things in my career is like i feel like i can do it if i'm given a chance i'm just it just takes a lot to just get a foot in the door yeah. i'm like as long as you just just give me one chance and i will not blow this chance wow and it's the same way at bon appetit i pitched a story to this person who i had worked with 
when she was at Vanity Fair and now and moved to Bon Appetit, like back when I was at Lucky Peach, and she like was like, okay, like we kind of know each other, so I'll give you a shot, and I like didn't mess it up. Wow, wow. I, I really do feel like a big part of being a journalist and especially a freelance journalist is like turning in copy on time mm-hmm. and it not having grammatical errors. Mm-hmm. And these things mm-hmm. seem so basic, but mm-hmm. I feel like if you're just doing that much, you're most of the way there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure in, in your work as an editor, I'm sure you probably got some bad copy where it's just like, why are you making my job harder, right? Yeah, exactly. Like if like, if there's like this misspelled words, like commas, mm-hmm. like that stuff, you can just, just one read through. Yeah. You'd yeah. be able yeah. to fix that. Yeah. I was always amazed as an editor um, that people would get assignments that really couldn't write. You know, like I didn't, I don't think I really realized the role of the editor until I was thrust into it and was like, oh, like not every writer with a byline is actually a good writer. Like there's a lot of shitty writers out there. There's a lot of great you know? editors. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Are you um, strictly freelance? Do you have a contract? I mean, and if you don't want to talk about this, it's fine. But I just from a like professional perspective, and I, we have a lot of people who listen who are food writers. writers yes. um, and I think people are always want to know kind of what's the what's the situation? Are you able are you able to make a living being a contributor yeah. to these two publications? So I don't just contribute to those two publications. Mm-hmm. I'm on contract with Bon Appetit to produce a certain number of articles a month. With the Times, I sort of just. I like my big long form features I give to them and if Mm -hmm. they have ideas they give them to me if they have a news story they need reported they give it to me Um, I feel like a lot of their other staff writers are often working on stories that require sort of reporting for months and months and months Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. they're a little bit less nimble about reporting quick stories so I try Mm -hmm. to be able to be that person for them but I I don't just make a living writing for those two publications. I write for The New Yorker. I write for Eater. I write for Food and Wine. I write for Sever. Um, let's see. Yeah, I, wow. uh, I I I write for a lot of different publications. But it's interesting because like I feel like I see all these Twitter threads that are like you cannot make a living purely mm-hmm. writing mm-hmm. as a freelancer. I mean, I, I guess I feel I am lucky in that. My, I don't have any pre-existing conditions healthcare-wise, so my mm-hmm. premium is relatively low. It's like three hundred dollars a month, which is still insane, but low yeah. for yeah, Ob- Obamacare. Low. But I feel like I am able to make significantly more money as a freelancer than I would as a staff writer. Like I f- feel like having looked at what staff writer jobs hmm. make, which are usually make like around like the associate editor level job. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you're just willing to do a bit of hustling as a freelancer and like work regular hours and have some connections mm-hmm. it's pretty easy to make i mean not easy but it's like dual it's very doable yeah. to make a living as a freelancer um and i feel like yeah i feel like between this and the cookbook it's been it's been, i i it's i've been surprised at how like how doable yeah. it really has been wow um i do i see like certain writers who do like one long form feature every two months and that I'm just like, how do you feed yourself? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you're kind of constantly uh, producing content. It yeah, like. to the point where sometimes I'm like, is this sustainable? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, how do you how do you manage your time? Um, I have a to-do list every day and then I also have a tomorrow list. So I have mm. like my list of like, here's what I do. To, so I have like every day, I have like three different lists for the day. One is like things I have to get done. One is things that would be nice to get done. And mm-hmm. 
the third is like my reach goals like if like extra credit if you are able to write a draft of this piece on chat masala um and then then i have my list for tomorrow and i'll like sort of move things to tomorrow as i as is needed but like i feel good if i get everything that i need to get done done plus a few things on like list number two Mm. it's rare that i dip into list number three especially like on a friday yeah but yeah so i i just in general i was totally that person in college full disclosure that like started my term papers like the first day of the semester (laughs) wow so this life i feel like is almost like what i've been waiting for my whole like Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's like an opportunity to be ahead on my papers at all times Mm -hmm. um like i i definitely don't like waiting to last minute i uh love doing research like a part of being a freelancer just feels like you're in college again like you just control your time you have a bunch of papers due and you just like want to get a's all the time wow uh i don't know does that i don't know does that sound yeah. Does that sound weird? No, that's, I, no, I I'm don't listening think it to you and I'm weird. like, wow, yeah, Lord, I have a lot to learn. Lord, <laughs> I'm like, I take two naps a day, uh, <laughs> watch a lot of TV. Um, but that's research. Yeah, sure. I mean, really, that's sure. research. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, wow. And so when you were writing your book, were you also producing regular features? Yeah, which is, a, which is something I think about. Like, it may not have been a good idea to do that. Like, <laughs> Only after I finish my book, I realized people, there's a thing called book leave where people just yeah. take like a few months off to just finish their book. Yeah. And I feel like in the back of my mind, I was like, wouldn't it be nice if I had like a few months just dedicate to the book? And then I realized that's like an actually a, a wow. thing. But I never did that. Um, it, maybe it was foolish, but I also was like, I don't know, I was able to like do the exact same amount of features that I was doing while also writing a book. I also like split it up such that like, you know, I have I have to edit like five recipes a day. So I'd have like mm. a daily book related task. Mm-hmm. And then I'd have certain days that were devoted entirely to the book. Yeah. But yeah, I kept up the feature writing. But th- I mean, there were some really dark days. I would say like right now, writing wise, it's like pretty dark trying to keep up with book stuff yeah. and write all that I need to write. But are you, you know, working on a second book? Uh, no, 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 but just like as the release is happening, oh, promoting like, yeah. organ, like right. promotion, which is yeah. which feels like as much work as other stuff, especially when sure. you're a writer and they're like, well, why can't you just write this story? Uh, yeah. And I said yes to way too many of those things. And now I'm about to go to India and I'm like, I have to write like 10 personal essays about oh like similar ish things <laughs> and make them all seem different. <laughs> I think there's a hunger out there for. People to be knowledgeable now, so many people want to be able to make this food for themselves that were never taught how to make it. So were you taught how to make it growing up or did you have to go on your own exploratory journey of how to make this? (laughs) I was not taught how to make Indian food growing up. My mom was not taught how to make Indian food from her mom. So, you know, even though it's like totally like the good Indian girl thing to pick for mothers to teach their daughters how to cook, my mom sort of hated did not want to subscribe to gender norms and also didn't know a world in which mothers teach their daughters to cook because mm. that just wasn't her experience so she cooked for us but she wasn't like okay now learn how to cook so right. that you can one day cook for your family um so when i did this book i was basically like learning how to make my mom's recipes basically with n- like knowing very little like they made a few of her recipes when i was in college and feeling homesick but for the most part this was 
you know, my first stab. Well, wow. uh, one, one thing that you did uh, in the book is there's one chicken recipe in there. Mm-hmm. Just one um, <laughs> from an auntie. Yep. Sonia. Uh, can you talk about Auntie Sonia? Uh, Sonia Mommy is the best. She is my, my mom's youngest brother's wife. Um, and she has this one chicken that she's been making forever, but it's a like top secret. Like whenever we'd have family get togethers, she would disappear into the kitchen and make the marinade and then put the chicken in it and come out just with like the packet of like sort of yellowy saucy chicken in a Ziploc bag. And we would always ask her for the recipe and she said no and she said no for years and years and years and so like as soon as i signed the book deal like i feel like step one was like reaching out to my mom and like step two was like okay sonia mommy i need the chicken recipe (laughs) (laughs) and i asked her a couple times and eventually she was like okay if you come to my apartment i will make it and you can write it down wow so i just did that and it's it's such a good chicken recipe it is like well, first is like this the spice component, which it's got like amchur and coriander and, you know, garlic and lemon and all of these things that sort of really brighten the chicken. Um, it's got tons of acidic components. And then the way that you cook it, the sort of like low and slow method, it's just really, really juicy. Like, I, I don't know, we've had many like taco parties with that chicken. And Ooh, it's so that's yum. That's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, so that's on my list of things to do this weekend and make with my kids. Uh, is your auntie's chicken recipe? Uh, what I love about it within the within the book is uh, you saying that so many cookbooks have chicken recipes, mm-hmm. all kinds of chicken recipes, and you only have one because one is all you need. You just need this one recipe. Yeah, and in fact, that whole section is called I think it's called one chicken and three fish recipes because. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I like. I wanted to do the inverse because our, our family we grew up eating ninety five percent vegetarian, and I wanted mm-hmm. to reflect that in the book. And you know, I feel like I went into edit meetings about this book with like magazine folks, and they'd be like, "Where's the show stopping like pork or lamb?" Right. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, "That's just not how we ate growing up." So yeah. like, I I don't have that for you. <laughs> I love it. Good job on sticking to it because it. <laughs> it now sticks with me that that is the chicken recipe I need to go make. It's very good. Awesome. <laughs> do uh, you seek out uh, Indian restaurants in New York or, or do, do, and are there any that you think are good and worth, worth going to or do you find that it's home cooking that really kind of does it for you? I would say I view them, I view it almost separately. Mm-hmm. Like restaurant food, I feel like I put in a different category. Like mm-hmm. when I'm cooking at home, like I'm just sort of making things that when I, it's more like I'm feeling homesick, I need comfort food, I need something that will sort of make me feel um, nostalgic and uh, nourished. And when I go to Indian restaurants, um, I'm more just intrigued to see, I feel like in New York and America in general has just been really lacking in good Indian restaurants mm-hmm. that like, aren't trying to apologize that aren't trying to dumb anything down because you're white that lean into regional specialties and so I I will always go and try a new Indian restaurant most I feel like have been disappointing but there are a few that I really love I love Bombay Bread Bar in Soho Floyd Cardoza's place Mm -hmm. I love Adha in Long Island City Mm -hmm. Um, and I love this place called Amma which is actually not far from here on like Lex and 51st Um, 
uh, and it's just like it's literally just like a, a mom cooking Indian food. Wow, awesome. and it's very good. All right, any any recommendations for Edison, New Jersey, um, to make it over there? Yeah, I do. I feel like a lot of the places. Sorry, have either gotten like sort spot. of diluted or closed. I really love, I wrote about this place actually, it's called Quality Ice Cream. It's not like for dinner, but they make yeah. amazing sort of high butterfat Indian ice creams Great. that I just love. No, your podcast is always good. It's hilarious. It's Say more. Thank, Thank you. Tell us more about how much you like it. <laughs> We're not needy at all. So needy. Uh, we also we have we've had a silent guest here the whole time. I feel like we should introduce her. Guest, get in here. Hi. Hi who guys. Are, who are you? I'm Sari. And how would we know you? Um, you would know me because I host Food Without Borders on Heritage Radio, and I've been working with Priya over at her publisher Houghton Mifflin Harcourt, um, which has been so much fun. Yeah, so for those who know Will Scarlett from W.W. Norton, we now have Counterpoint from Houghton. Do Hi, I have to say the whole thing? <laughs> you can say HMH. 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 I do not know. It doesn't really like know. roll off your I'm tongue and you're like, Houghton is a hot All right. HMH, W.W. Norton, it's on. It's on. It's on. What kind of candy did Scarlett bring? Uh, Scarlett brought us water. He brought us water and uh, I think joy, some joy. Yeah, yeah. He brought us joy, but yeah. he didn't bring us any candy. Can yeah, like you, you Please. can't have nerd jelly beans. Now this will date it, but uh, we're recording it uh, in in March, and I love nerd jelly beans, and we've already heard about my love of nerd jelly beans. Laura, you agree? I like them. Yeah, they're not to me. They're not. I don't consider them a jelly bean. Well, you're wrong. Mm, they I, are. You know, they are. They're a crispy jelly bean. The thing is, also, Easter's a month away, and. Yep. I know for myself that mm -hmm. uh, the day after Easter, when all of the candy goes on sale, 50% at yeah. Walgreens, I'm yeah. going to stock up. So I feel like Easter candy is a little bit of an evergreen topic. Yeah. No? That's fair. Yeah, we not evergreen, but you can get good. You can get a good quarter out of it yeah. at least four yeah. months yeah. of Easter candy because it comes out so early. But Sarah, you brought us candy. I brought a few things, yeah, what? because I'm a listener of the show, Thank so I you. know the deal. Thank you. Please tell Thank us the beautiful you, things you brought. Um, I went to the local H Mart in uh, the neighborhood where I work, which is a great Korean store. Um, so I brought some durian candy, which I don't think durian wow. is necessarily yeah. a Korean fruit, but there you have We're it. We're all on board. Um, there's a there's a what's it called? It's an assortment of fruit gummy candy. Hmm. Which yeah. has lychee, mango, and strawberry. Oh, yeah. yeah, listeners will know this as that Japanese gummy candy right. that mm. we um, reference. And then there's, I don't know what these are. Oh, I love these. But I grew up eating these. They look like They yeah. almost look like little pudding snacks, but it, they're called mango coconut jelly. Oh, so a fun fact about these is that they were banned in some states because kids were choking on them. No. Oh. They're like the Tide Pods of candy. Wow. From what I can tell. Wow. And then I just brought like classic oh, happy, happy cherries. Happy cherries from Haribo. Oh very, God. very nice. Yeah. Well, this is very exciting. Uh, this is the point where we start editing out the chewing. So let's eat. Let's right. eat. What should Thank we start with? Thank you for this, with? Sari. Uh, My pleasure. Uh, hey, Will Scarlet. 
up your game, bud. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> next time you happen. next time you bring I'm us sorry, an author. She showed up. She showed up ready to play. Actually, you, can I say oh, it's yeah. not really it wasn't Will exactly, but when Will came with Brooks um Headley, they brought full lunch they from did superiority bring lunch. burger. They did. It wasn't candy. They did, but he didn't do that. That's Will true. didn't have Brooks shit to do that. with yeah. that. Yeah. 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 He might have said bring it, but probably not. No. I felt like it came from Brooks's That's like that a very like, Brooks thing right? too. He's He's like, very giving. Here's my food. Yeah. So good. No, 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 it was very like, I'm like, bro, this is like the best gelato I've ever had. Cool. Cool. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. So should we start with like the most accessible, which to me would be any of them except the durian? I'm, or I, now I'm, I'd like to go with the durian to start. Straight durian. I, I'm going Full durian to start. Let's Everybody, you start it. where you choose your own adventure. Can I take a quick now, what's picture nice of about it this packaging? Yeah, please take a pe- picture of that packaging before it opens because it has the spiky top on the package is um, really, yeah. really just fantastic. Eye catching uh, spikes at the top, just like the fruit. <laughs> I'm just excited to find out if it smells. Like well, I've yeah. had a coworker come back from I don't remember where, but she she came back with durian candy, and it sure did. Great. I don't think that durian actually smells. I don't. I don't know. Mm. I okay. I don't know. I like. I think. Right. I, 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 I know it, it has a smell, <laughs> but I don't think it smells like that inherently. Okay. Bad. All right. Open it to me. Yeah, I like when in the candy form, it's it's just got a nice funk to it. Yeah. I just want to make sure that I can hear both of you like, while we're ooh. talking. See, I feel like I can already smell it. That could be you, Lori. I don't know. Okay. Mm. No, it's, oh, it's, got go. a, it's got a smell. I'm not... All right. Oh, thanks. Oh, baby. Thanks. Is it... You can already Hold smell it? Hold it close oh, and let yeah. me know. <laughs> yeah, it's got a smell. I'm so happy about that. Yeah. It actually smells to me like penicillin, hmm. which is not a happy smell. <laughs> yeah, see this... Oh, yeah. Yes, very medicinal. Yeah. Oh wow! When you rip it open, it sort of almost has like a cheese like oh, smell. And that's mm-hmm. what I thought of the first time I actually smelled durian, like a stinky cheese. It's not it's, too sweet. It's I rough. Don't, I don't like it. I no. like it. I don't like it. I like it. I kind of mm. like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, oh oh yeah. God! I just it literally yeah. just fell out of my mouth. You yeah. you spit it out of your mouth and let it drop on the floor. Yeah. It's the same. <laughs> It's the same thing I had Priya. when I ate the fruit. I think it tastes so much better. There are better other than ways to say it. no, thank you. It's I'm having a hard time with it. It's I mean I can see that there are interesting notes in there, but I can't get over that. Mm. That you can Eli get, if you can Lily not smell it, but just taste uh, it. It might be a different experience. Uh, Elizabeth, New it. Jersey. It's, I love it. <laughs> love it. Yeah. Mm, that was great. Not thank you. What, Take what, them home. Where should we go next? I think we need to go to something like something that will sort of offset. Like Happy Cherry, so yeah, happy yeah. place. Let's go to Happy Place. Yeah. Cherry. <laughs> it has kind of like a French onion aftertaste. <laughs> Very savory. That is so generous of you. <laughs> like Here. French onion dip, not the right. Yeah, oh, I, need, I need a cherry. I'm excited about the cherry. It smells amazing. Now these look like uh, stained glass versions of cherries. So it's got two cherries and uh, green stems, mm. and if you hold it up to the light, it's beautiful. And this it would be a good art project. Did you ever do ma- make it and bake it as a as a young person All right. in the make 1970s? It, bang it. Make it, bake make it, it, and bake it slash shrinky dinks. Of course yep. I did. Yep. I of course dinks. I did. Mm-hmm. This is just my nice cough syrup, mm. which is mm. a welcome change mm-hmm. from the durian. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, great. Love it. Great job. What's next? I think we should save um, the mango coconut mm-hmm. for last because it's like actual mm-hmm. dessert. They're so good. You're excited, aren't you? Mm-hmm. You're staying just for that. Yeah, otherwise you are going to walk leave. out of here mm-hmm. like you just spit the like durian on the floor. The durian. <laughs> <laughs> it fell out of my mouth. No, that was not a fall. You absolutely <laughs> spit it on. No, it fell out of your mouth. <laughs> fell out of your mouth. That's what we're going to say on the right, final So this edit. is an assortment of, as we said, mango, lychee, and... I got strawberry. 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 Got strawberry. And it looks like there's some kind, I got something mango. else. All right, so what is, you guys, I and I have... you got to try lychee. I have strawberry. I love the smell. Strawberry is lovely. Great. Product of Japan, gluten-free. Mm. It's one of my favorite candies. Great texture. Mm-hmm. Very so bad. After high chew, those are mm-hmm. my favorite candies. I love really chewy stuff like yeah, this. this is mm-hmm. good. So good. Great. I love it. The lychee honestly Great. is a little bit like grandma's perfume, but I'll take it. I, lo- I love lychee. Yeah. You want a durian? You want another durian? Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So these are what flavor are these? These are mango coconut. All right. So, there's so a, there's thank a you. For oh, yeah. Please. Um, okay, oh, so could I describe it first to our audience? Oh, so yeah. think like a uh, pudding cup, but smaller. Uh, almost like a serving of something if you've been to a hospital recently to have your son's appendix out. Uh, <laughs> like when you have orange juice in the hospital. Exactly. Mm. So it's going to come in a funky little container. But there's a strategy. So Priya, tell us. So, okay. The first thing that I did as a kid was you sort of suck the liquid off the top. like Get, it, get even more into the mic. Oh, perfect. You throw All right. We're going like to suck the liquid. Like any excess liquid. Right? Mm-hmm. This one's not super liquidy. Yeah, I didn't have too much. Um... But when I, I used to get the lychee ones and they would have like a whole layer of yeah. liquid mm. and then you from the bottom, you just kind of squeeze it right to your mouth. Mm-hmm. Like a jello shot. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. Mm. I would try one, one go. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It's a lot in your mouth. It's got but it, go, it goes mm. down, it goes down fine. Mm. You understand why it's a choking hazard now, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For a little kid, yeah. yeah. For a dumb kid, absolutely. <laughs> I'm joking. Get your shit together, children. <laughs> For all the kids who listen, yeah. get your shit together. And For those mango Tell cups. your parents to not let you listen. My kids are listening, I think. Really? Yeah. I don't know if my son is They're or not. Happy. How old are your kids? My son is 10, but he has been exposed to <laughs> things like Family Guy and The Simpsons mm. and uh, what's that show called um, with Nick Kroll and John Mulaney? Oh yeah, about Nick it's Kroll all show. about puberty. Yeah. Um, it's oh, an Big animated Mouth? Big, Mouth. Big Mouth. Yeah, we binge watched Big Mouth and like <laughs> after the first one, I was like, it's not appropriate. And then I'm like, well, he's gonna learn it anyway. So and honestly, I was <laughs> listening to Eddie Murphy and George Carlin when I was t- his age. So I'm like, it's a family tradition, you know, inappropriate <laughs> yeah. comedy. And I was listening to Sandy Patty and Amy Grant. Right. So there you are. Right. Look, it doesn't matter what path you choose, you end yeah, up in you a end terrible up here. place. Yes. Uh, those were fantastic treats. Thank you so much, uh, Sari and H G H. Did I say it right? H M H. No, H. Let me say it again. HMH. Thank, Thank you, you so much Sari for having us. And HMH. HMH had nothing to do with those snacks. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Priya, uh, the mic is back to you. Uh, 
we play a game to end every episode. I know you know this already because you're a listener, so thank you. Don't pretend you don't. If you start saying, I don't know what you're talking about, I know that you're not a listener. All right? <laughs> Just telling you. And if I have mango in my beard, you have to ignore it. That is a policy. It's a policy. You ignore the food in my beard if we just had candy. Lori, am I clean? Am I good? I don't know. I can't. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I don't even want to look at you now <laughs> with a possibility that you have either you. shredded cabbage or mango in your beard. Thank you. I had some mm. go lean cereal and, oh, and oatmeal milk in my beard this oh, morning God. as I got in the shower. So I'm real proud of myself. Yeah. All right. Uh, we play a game to end every episode. It's called Lots of Likes. And all you have to do is say the things you like. That's it. That's it. Now, you are probably going to run out the clock. So that's one way to win. Another way to win is amaze us with something amazing. Lori, you want to give us the example of something amazing? Mm. Mayonnaise sandwich from our friend Joe Yonan of the Washington Post. That was that was it. Yeah. Mayonnaise sandwich. Game over. We were like, what? It's okay. such a stunner that when I saw him on the Acela going down to Washington, D.C. a few weeks later, did I have Haichu in my pocket? And did I give it to him? Of course I did. <laughs> I mean, that's just something you do. Yeah. You give pocket taffy to people on the train. It's something you should do. Yeah. Uh, and Priya, I can do that for you as well. If you amaze us, if you win, you can also tell me to fuck off. And that's a way to win. And you just end the game that way. You ready? Sure. You don't win <laughs> anything. Okay. Great. Wow, well, the stakes are high. Yeah. So high. What do you like? Um, well, actually, I will counter mayo sandwiches with, I like ketchup sandwiches, just white bread in ketchup. Oh and I grew up eating those on the train to Agra uh, in Delhi when we were in India. It's like sort of a thing to have ketchup sandwiches and chai. So I love ch- ketchup sandwiches. Pause. <laughs> Lori? I feel like that's a winner. She won. Yeah. She won. It's over. You won. <laughs> that's it? That's amazing. <laughs> Wait, ketchup wow. sandwiches and, yeah. and chai? What yeah. did you say? Yeah, chai and ketchup sandwiches. No chai's on the side. Yeah, it's sort of the very standard snack they feed you on the train in India. So it's something you purchase on the train, the sandwich and the chai? Uh, or, yeah, but I think uh, it costs like a couple cents. Yeah. And our, yeah. What kind of ketchup? Uh, Maggie ketchup. Uh-huh. It's oh, like it. a little yeah. bit thicker and it's got like some spices in it. So it's just a little bit more interesting than your standard Heinz. Hmm. Yeah, God bless yeah. Heinz. Heinz, if you want to sponsor us, we're into yeah. it. But also yeah. Maggie, if you want to sponsor, sponsor us, we'll, we'll, we'll take it. Maggie sure. should sponsor you. Look at all those Maggie yeah, yeah, products. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I know. We got a big gift from our friend Marisa in Germany. Uh, you're here. I think it would be a shame to not hear what else you like. So would you indulge us maybe three three things that you like? Sure. Um, I really like to counter these like big chewy nerds. Mm-hmm. I like the chewy mini sweet tart candy. The, I grew up. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I grew up eating those at the movie theater. Oh, they're so good. They're, they're just so, good. so yummy. Have you had the jelly beans yet? I haven't had the jelly beans. Please seek them out. Okay. I will. Please. Yeah. I like, will. I'm serious. Uh, for your trip back to India. Okay. You could eat a whole bag. It'd be the best. Done. Okay. What else do you like? I love um, Disney Channel original movies, like the ones from the 2000s and the 90s. Like Rip wow. Girls and uh, Luck of the Irish wow. and Xenon Girl of the 21st Century. I wow. love those. I live for those. It's very powerful. Very powerful. <laughs> we don't know them because we're old. But <laughs> um, that, those sound great. They're great. And a great pull. What else? I love Oklahoma, the musical. Um, I was in oh it God. when I was younger. What so. role did you play? Um, I was just in the chorus. Okay. Um, I played Will. You, oh my gosh. Sure. Wow. Sure, sure. So you got to give the Oklahoma hello? 
We did. Uh, <laughs> I got to sing Kansas City. It wow. was great. It was great. Curly's the terrible role. You okay. want yeah, Will. He's, yeah. Curly's the bad the bad one. Oh, wait. Yeah. Oh, I wasn't Curly. Let's start over. Uh, who was it? Who was the... Oh, Curly. Yeah, no, I said Will. I said Will, right? Yeah, yeah you okay, were Will. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I was Will. What's the Oklahoma <laughs> hello? It sounds super dirty. <laughs> what do you think it is, Laurie? Without knowing, what do you think it is? I think it's a sex act, obviously. Okay. <laughs> and I think it involves... Um, like handshake, mm-hmm. livestock, mm-hmm. and durian. <laughs> and a chair. Yeah, <laughs> very close. Very close. Now, what is it? Just leave it up to your own imagination. Right. Do you want to share anything else? It looked like you had one more. Um, you don't have to. Let's see. What else What else do I really love? Um, I love karaoke. Like, I live for karaoke, specifically singing, like, uh, like Disney songs. Like, what's your, you know, what's your choice? Um, well, my, my non Disney choice is Wrecking Ball by Miley Cyrus. Mm-hmm. Cause I love any song with a good key change, mm. but my Disney choice, um, is Let It Go from Frozen. Wow. Which is You'll a duet. go there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh okay. yeah. Especially the part where it's like, let the storm rage. And then it goes on yeah. like a big note. I just, yeah, love wow. love the big notes. Listener, she sang a beautiful rendition of Let It Go. However, we are deeply afraid of Disney for copyright infringement. Trust us, she was great. Thank it's you. A great, it's a great, great song. It's a great song. You were great. Thank you. Thank you for indulging that. You're of fantastic. Course. Your book is fantastic. Thank you. Everyone, please, seriously, get this book. It is one that you will keep turning back to. It is chock full of recipes, really smart ways to think about making recipes that you want to eat again and again, and some some secret tips in there of things um, that I was learning along the way of adding oil, uh, some, some, what do I want to say? Um, herb-infused oil. Chonk? right? Th- yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm into that now. It's really great. It's so you good. You can put that stuff on nachos, steak, noodles, whatever. You you need this this cookbook. It is called Indianish. It's by Priya Krishna. Priya, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. And Sari, thank you thank as well. Thank you, guys. Well, that's another episode of Carb Face. You did it. It was great. You're welcome. <laughs> thank you for listening. I'm welcome. Great. Uh, Lori, anything that you want to say? I want to say that it is time for everyone to have privacy in the bathroom. Yeah. No matter your pronoun, no matter the size of your genitalia. There, you don't have to pee at the urinal. Men. That's right. You can let's urinal strike. Let's call a urinal strike. Yeah. June fifteenth, two thousand nineteen. Urinal strike. It's my wedding anniversary. What is do it I do? okay? Can we choose a sixteenth? Okay. Can we do it on the sixteenth? June sixteenth, two thousand nineteen. Yep. Urinal strike. All right. I want. I like to use a urinal on my wedding anniversary. <laughs> it's as it's is, just something as I is do. traditional. Well, it's something I do. Yeah. Something I do. So thank you for respecting the sanctity Mm -hmm. of that day. If your wedding anniversary or other important day, because choose a day, but let's say yours is on the 16th, you can do it on the 15th. Okay. So we're going to have a two day there, but the official's on 16th. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Don't use a urinal. Mm -hmm. June 16th. And if you scab out, we will find you. Yeah. Oh, I'll be looking. I, I, a thing about urinals. Yeah. New York Penn Station. 
Beautiful. Mm, is a Beautiful. Oh, so nice. So well designed. Oh, so nice going home to Jersey through through this fancy, fancy train station. Oh, thank you so much. Low ceilings, terrible oh, retail. Absolutely. Some of the worst people. Yeah. Um, smells. Yeah. Just smells. Uh, and a lot of dirt. And that's so nice. But I, I, I found a new restroom. Uh, mm. I don't know if it was newly created, but it's new to Just me. Just for you. It's not. But there's a waiting area uh, for Jersey Transit. They mm. keep us separate. Mm-hmm. And everybody's happy from Long Island. We don't yeah. We don't need that shit. Do they don't mix. need our shit. Yep. We don't want their shit. So it's, it's good. So I was like, oh, this is very nice. Mm-hmm. It's an untrafficked area mostly. Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. a waiting area there too. And I was like, oh, there's mm-hmm. a restroom. This is great. And I, I really had to go. Yeah. Uh, and I have a long train ride home. So I'll get in line. I have time. Yep. That's fine. Wait. I wait. I wait. Immediately smells like pot. Oh. Okay. As I get closer to going in. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, that's fine. You know, I right. walk around that area of town. There's uh, walk around so any part, part of New York City now. Yeah. And it's like, well, pot, right. pot. They're smoking. Got it. Great. So I go in and I've never seen marijuana what i know jesus christ i've seen pictures of it certainly there was the dare briefcase with all the samples (laughs) of drugs so i've seen it there but there were there was a guy dealing and selling Uh right yeah and then just like this finance bro yeah in a vest and long sleeve shirts like a fleece vest long sleeve shirt because that's how we identify them and just this huge, huge. Was it a bud? Was it a thing? Was it part of the plant? Was it, like, it was massive. Wow. What was it, Lori? What was it? I, I want to say bud. It was just one piece. No, it was. It was. It was uh, a bud. It, it we'll looked like it a, a giant piece of uh, green coral. Okay, that was a. I, I guess you would say that was a bud. Okay. All right. <laughs> An a nug. Okay. Fine. <laughs> sounds sounds massive. Sounds like it was a lot of money. It, it was huge. And it smelled, and they were just having a very open discussion about the policeman right outside, wow. right outside yeah. the door. I don't, I don't. Amazing. Know. Anyway, if uh, you want to buy your marijuana, yeah, your nug, yeah, open open air market at the Absolute, fucking bathroom. Uh, yeah, the New Jersey Transit uh, section. Amazing. You know where the back of the trains are when they're leaving the station, and then you go up the stairs. And this is just for Jersey Transit riders. Go up the stairs and. Uh, into that, go up the stairs, and it's the new fancy, it. like it's the new fancy coral salmon-colored yes. place. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Great. Well, I really like to help people find drugs. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, you're doing. You are doing God's work. Hey, and also doing God's work. Yeah, Lori, on Twitter, on Instagram, Carbface Pod. Please follow her. It's always so good, and um, the best part of my day. Wow, that is. That is tragedy in one sentence. Yep, it is. All right, see you next week. Goodbye. See you next time. See you next week. See you next Tuesday.